everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I'm back today with Elizabeth Urbanowitz from Foundation Worldview, and we're talking about the attributes of God. And this is something that's so important for us as parents to understand so that we can pass this on to our kids. And she has a great, I mean, she has lots of great curriculum that you you have published. Um, you, you've self-published, which I think is absolutely amazing. You have an amazing team, Elizabeth. Um, it's been really fun to work with them. And uh, I love that you guys do this together. You actually said before we started recording, um, you're like, if anyone thinks I can do all of this by myself, they are sorely <laughs> mistaken because you really do have an yes. incredible team of people who work with you and uh, you guys are doing amazing work for the kingdom. So thank you for what you're doing. It's so much fun. Oh, I love thanks. It. I'm grateful for the people the Lord has brought alongside me because as you just yeah. mentioned, I could not be doing this on my own. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting when you look back at the history of homeschooling and how, you know, even 20 years ago, but especially 30 years ago and beyond that, parents did not, I mean, we had the word of God, of course, um, and that alone is sufficient. That's enough. Mm -hmm. But we Amen. didn't have all the resources that we have today um, to be able to homeschool kids. And so now I'm so grateful for what the Lord has shown to so many people like yourself that can come alongside parents. And, and your curriculum is not just for homeschooling parents, it's for any parents. Um, for It's for classroom use, it's for Sunday school. I mean, you can use it in so many different ways, but I'm so grateful for your obedience to the Lord so that it's just easier for us. I mean, I could sit down and I could study the word and I can find all the attributes of God and, and list them all out and, and study them with my kids, but um, but God's gifted you in this. And so I'm, I'm grateful for, for what you've done. So we're going to keep talking about that. But before we do, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. Try them out for free, ctcmath.com. And thank you to all of our sponsors, because honestly, you guys, without our sponsors and without those of you who donate and contribute to the Schoolhouse Rock to Ministry, we would not exist. We wouldn't be here to help provide uh, what you need, the resources that you need to homeschool your kids well and to disciple their hearts. And so we're so grateful for all of them. Elizabeth, I want to kind of piggyback on what we were talking about at the end of Monday's episode. And we were talking about why does God allow bad things to happen to good people, to bad people, to everybody, to the world? I mean, why is there so much sin in the world? And you answered it perfectly. And, and that was, I asked that question because we recently, um, my youngest daughter asked that question to me. Mm -hmm. um, she discovered that a friend of hers had been really hurt and mm -hmm. she, you know, she was just broken over it. And she said, why mom, why does a good God allow bad things to happen? Why, why, why? And she was just crying over that. And, and I told her the same thing. I gave, you know, basically the same answer that you gave. And, and as we were talking through that, um, you know, she was so angry at, at this other person who had sinned against her friend. Mm -hmm. And I said, and she said, you know, how, how could that person ever be forgiven? I said, what you have to understand is as hard as it is to forgive, God shed his blood for that person as much as he shed his blood for you and for me. Mm -hmm. We're all sinful. And, and as you know, when Adam and Eve sinned and sin entered the world, it was, it was fair game for everybody. And I shouldn't say fair game. It was unfair game, really for everybody. But like you said, Jesus sent his son to pay the price, to pay the penalty for everyone. And I'm so grateful for his attributes, for his goodness, for his faithfulness and his love and his kindness in our lives, because we don't deserve it either. We And we tend to 
I think scale sin. Well, you know, I'm a sinner, but my sin isn't quite as bad as that other person's mm. sin. I'm not really as bad as my neighbor. And I think we sometimes can justify our sin that way. And in reality, sin mm-hmm. is sin is sin. It comes with different consequences, of course. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk through some of, as we're thinking about that, some of the attribute attributes that God does share with us, um, you know, in, in big girl terms, <laughs> um, <laughs> he really does share with us these attributes so that we can become more like him so that we can understand his forgiveness. Because until we understand really who he is as God, it is really, really hard to understand why God allows bad things to happen Mm -hmm. and understand why we should forgive other people for their sins. So let's talk through some of those attributes that God shares with us and invites us really to reflect. Mm-hmm. I really love the way that you set up this question, Yvette, because you hit on some really important things, just these things that we wrestle through personally and emotionally and intellectually to try to understand, like, we know that this isn't right. You know, we know that this is unjust. And, you know, as you said, like, all sin is against God. And that's mm-hmm. where understanding God's attributes come in, because we we inherently understand, you know, that when we, um, you know, speak harshly with our child, that's vastly different than the pedophile that is sexually abusing a child. Like, are they both sin? Yes, but like that is a vastly more grievous sin. And we even see in the law of Moses, you know, that God gave to the Israelites, there was different punishments for different crimes. And Jesus says, you know, he who knew much, you know, but still chose not to do it, you know, he's gonna be punished with many stripes, you know, versus him who didn't know, you know, will be punished with fewer stripes. And so we might say, well, you know, I'm not like that person over there. And that's, that's true. Our sin, we might have never committed as heinous a crime, but if we understand God's holiness, Mm -hmm. that person over there is not the standard. God, who is the holy, righteous judge of the universe. He is the standard. And so when we can help ourselves and our kids understand God's holiness, then we can see our sin in its proper light. That it doesn't matter if we've never treated somebody in the way, you know, that that person over there has treated them. We have still sinned against the holy God. And God calls us to reflect his holiness, that he gives us holiness in Jesus. He gives us positional holiness in Jesus. But then we are called to progressive holiness, you know, to be conformed more into the image of Jesus. So we first have to understand God's holiness. And then two other attributes that God invites us to reflect that are so important for us to understand, you know, to understand some of these difficult topics, I think are God's justice, and God's mercy, that we have to understand that God is just. He always does what is right, and He punishes sin. And we give kids the example, you know, just just a little kid example that they can understand. You know, what if your brother came in your room when you weren't there, and he took your toy truck, your favorite toy truck, and he played with it without asking, and then he broke it, and then he just left it in his room and didn't do anything with it? Well, when you found that out and you told your parents what happened, what would happen if your parents just said, eh, it's not that big a deal. You know, we're going to let it slide this time. You would be so angry. Why? Because that's not just, you know, your parents had not treated you fairly. They had not treated your brother fairly by implementing a punishment or a consequence for the way that he sinned against you. And we just inherently know that justice is a good thing, that God would not be a good God if he did not punish us and mm-hmm. everyone else 
for their sin. You know, and we understand this. We understand this. If there's a police officer who turns a blind eye to a crime because it's committed by somebody that he or she loves, like that's unjust. You know, that's yeah. similarly if that police officer, you know, in, incarcerates someone who did not, you know, commit a crime, that is unjust. And so we understand this justice, but then it's not that when God sends Jesus, he just kind of turns a blind eye and is like, ah, it's okay, your sin's not that big a deal. No, God is merciful. He does not give us the punishment that we deserve because of Jesus. That when Jesus was on the cross, he bore God's wrath toward our sin. That, you know, that's why he calls out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because for the first time in eternity, he was bearing the weight of sin. He was bearing the Father's wrath yeah. toward that sin. And that's actually a term that we use even with these little, you know, kids four on up, you know, that God's wrath, God's right, just anger towards our sin, Jesus bore that. And so every single sin in that has ever been committed will be dealt with justly. Yeah. That there will be a just punishment for every single sin. Either that person will pay, you know, they, they may pay some consequences here on this earth for that sin, or they may get away scot-free, you know, in yeah. this life. But the punishment will come with eternity separated from God in hell, or that punishment was already placed on Jesus. So helping our kids understand, see biblically and understand the concept of holiness, that, you know, it doesn't matter if we have committed lots of like, quote unquote, little sins, or if we've committed grievous sins, all sin is against God. It does right. not meet his standards so that they understand God's holiness. And then the fact that God is just, in order to be a good God, God must punish sin because he would be an unjust judge if he just let things slide. But we don't have to pay the penalty for our sin because God is merciful. And then we talk about, you know, how do we reflect these things? You know, how do we reflect these things? Well, people who are in positions of authority, they need to judge justly. You know, mm -hmm. they need to reflect God in an acting justice. You know, whether it's a parent, whether it's church leaders, whether it's law enforcement officers, whether it's people in the government, that they are required to judge justly. And then we are to treat others justly. And then we can be merciful to others. We can extend mercy and forgive others of their sins against us because we have been forgiven by God. So I, I really, again, Yvette, I love the way that you set up that question because I think it shows how learning the attributes of God is not just some, you know, it's not just some intellectual exercise. It's like, check, now we know who God is. It's like, right. in order to correctly understand reality, we have to have a true understanding of who God is. Yeah. Amen. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, 
Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth, uh, you know, before the break, we were talking just about the attributes of God uh, that He invites us to be part of, that He shares with us. And I just, it's so incredible to me that we have the privilege and the opportunity to teach these things to our kids on a daily basis. So we're talking to a group of homeschool mamas for the most part, um, some dads. So hi to all the dads who are out there. I know we've got dads who listen as well. Um, but as parents, as we're looking to reflect these attributes and to instill these into our kids and into our homes and to teach them to our kids and to become these things, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at them. I'm like, you know, one of the attributes is God is wise. We need wisdom. Oh, good golly. Yes. As as parents in this world that we live in um, and trying to teach our kids, we need God's wisdom. Um, he's faithful. He's good. He's just, he's all these things. So how do we pick pick these up and then expel these to our kids in our day-to-day lives with them as we're homeschooling them, as we're discipling them, as we're teaching them? Yeah, that's a really important question for us to think through. You know, what does this look like on a daily basis in our homes? And so I think there's two parts to it. One part is I think, you know, like teaching these things and bringing it up in everyday situations. And then the second part is recognizing when we have fallen short and confessing and repenting of those things to Mm. our kids so that they have a correct understanding of who God is and then what he's called us to. You know, so when I think about, you know, the attribute of faithfulness, we know that our kids say a lot of things, you know, sometimes they mean (laughs) them, sometimes they don't. Uh, But, but teaching them, you know, that God is faithful, that he is always true to his word, to his Mm -hmm. promises. Those are things that we can, you know, talk with our kids. You know, when we say words, it's really important that we're careful with our words and that if we say we're going to do something, that we do that thing. And so, you know, that's something we can hold our kids accountable to. You know, if they make a promise to a sibling and then they break that, you know, we can talk with them about that. You know, we talked about this attribute of faithfulness that God invites us to reflect. What would it look like for you to be faithful to your brother or you to be faithful to your sister in this situation? You know, it means keeping your promise. Um, Another example of faithfulness, um, I I think it's faithfulness, is just, you know, completing what we have started. And I think of this wonderful homeschool family that's in my parents' church in New York and they have, they have nine kids and they have been taught, you know, that that when they start a game, they need to finish it, that they can't just stop because they're frustrated Mm. and that they're losing. And so my mom says that, um, you know, a lot of times she has to get in and not referee, but hold other kids in the kids ministry accountable because, you know, these, these kids will be playing with other kids and the other kids are like, I'm done with this game. I'm tired. And they're like, no, you have to finish it. You know, my mom will have to come and say, actually, you know, you, you do have to finish this. You can't stop just because you're frustrated or just because you're not winning. Um, And so, you know, something like that is teaching our kids to be faithful. You know, if we've made a commitment to a soccer team this year and we've decided, you know, soccer isn't really for us, we don't have to sign up again next year, but we should be faithful to the commitment that we've made, you know, to be on that team this year. You know, if we've made a commitment to help somebody out, just to teach our kids that. And then there's going to be times where just because of sin in the world, sometimes it's going to be our sin. Sometimes it's going to be, you know, we promise our kids that we're going to take them to the zoo on Friday and then we get sick, you know? We can't be true to that word while while God can always be true to his word because of who he is. We can't always be true to 
to our word. And so if it's our sin and we've promised to do something that we um, fail to do because we've chosen not to mm-hmm. do it, then we should go to our kids and, you know, say, you know what? I gave you my word that I was going to do this and I chose not to. And that was a sin against God. And that was a sin against you. Will you forgive me for that? Yeah. Or, you know, if we promise to you know do something with them on Friday and we get sick on Friday, you know, that's not our fault. That's not a sin that we have committed against them and against God. But we can talk about, you know what? I'm so sorry. I know that this is disappointing towards you, you know, for you when I promised you that I could do this and I can't help it that I'm sick, but I feel so sorry about this. But you know what? Isn't it so amazing that when we look to God's word and we read the promises of God there, we never have to worry that God is going to choose not to do that, that he's going to forget about that, or that he's going to get sick or hurt or injured or be limited in some way and not be able to do that. So I think if we can, you know, teach our kids these attributes, coach them through, you know, how how they can implement these attributes and then make sure that when we fail in these attributes that we're confessing and repenting of that sin so that our kids are reminded of the gospel, the good news yeah. of the gospel, but also reminded of how amazing God is and how much we can trust him because of who he is. Yeah, amen. Talk about God being holy because I know that's one of the attributes that you mm-hmm. talk about. Talk about what holiness is and how that leads to the fear of God. And mm-hmm. actually, let's talk about both of those because in that part of, of the curriculum, you talk about how God is love and God is holy. And, mm-hmm. and because of those things, we should fear God. Unpack that because I think a lot of people are like, fear God, like I'm afraid of Him, you know, <laughs> and it's a different kind of fear. Yes. So we cover the attributes, God is love. And we just, we define that saying God is love. God gives of himself because there is so much confusion in our culture today over what love is, where biblically is love is giving of ourselves for the good of another. And so we talk about, you know, what God's love is that at times God's love doesn't feel good because at times God's love includes disciplining us, (laughs) you know, so that we will learn to be more like Jesus. But whether it feels good or whether it doesn't feel good, God giving of himself is his love. And that's how we should seek to love others, Mm -hmm. to do what is best for them, whether they understand that's what's best or not. And we talk about, you know, the example of parents. Sometimes, you know, when parents make you go to bed, you know, make a child go to bed at a certain time, it's what's best for them. Or when they make them, you know, eat a certain food or when they, you know, have them apologize to a sibling, those things don't feel good, but it's what's best for them. So we first define, you know, what love is. And then we talk about God's holiness and we we define that. We say that God is perfect. He's exalted and he is set apart. And so we, you know, we talk about how there, you know, God never makes any mistakes. He is morally perfect. Exalted means that he is above everything and everyone, that no matter how hard we try, we will never attain the goodness of God, you know, that he is exalted. And then that he's set apart, that he alone is holy, is perfectly holy, you know, that we do have that positional holiness because of what Jesus has done for us. But God alone is inherently holy. And then, as you mentioned, our response to that, that we teach in the next lesson is that we should fear God. And what we do, again, the fear of the Lord can be a very confusing thing, but when we look at what Scripture says about the fear of the Lord, it becomes more clear, you know, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, you know, that the fear of the Lord brings life. Um, And what we do is first we have the kids make a scared face, you know, like a face where they're (laughs) fearful of something, you know, which is like, ah! Um, And then we say, you know, that's a face that you make when you're scared of something. And then I give the kids a question. I say, why don't you think about your dad? said, are you 
scared of your dad? And I said, I sure hope that you're not scared of your dad because dads should not be scary. I said, but do you know that if you do something wrong against your sibling or against your mom, that your dad is gonna punish you? I sure hope so, because that's what your dad should do. And we talk about if you understand that you need to behave a certain way because your dad is going to punish you if you don't treat your siblings and your mom fairly, that's a fear of your dad. You're not scared of him, but you understand his position of authority and you understand that you are to respect that. And I say, that's like what it is with our fear of God, that we shouldn't be scared of God Mm -hmm. because God is not someone we should be scared of. But we should understand, have a proper understanding of who God is, that he's an authority over us. Sure. And that when we sin, he can, he is required to be just. And he, as Christians, he doesn't punish us for our sin, but he does discipline us yeah. in our sin. So just to understand, to help kids understand, you know, it's not, we're not supposed to be terrified of God. Right. You know, we're not supposed to be scared of him, but we're also not simply to just view him as our buddy. Because Mm -hmm. while, yes, Jesus is our older brother, he is our friend, we are not equal with him. He is still the creator and we are the creature. And we don't include this in our curriculum, but for any adults listening and watching, um, I think that such a great example is in the Chronicles of Narnia, in the in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know, when Lucy first hears about Aslan Mm -hmm. and from Mr. and Mrs. Beaver. And she says, she asks Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver goes, safe? Of course he's not safe, but he's good. (laughs) You know, so he's this lion. powerful lion, you know, that could tear anybody and everybody's heads off, but he is good. And similarly with God that, you know, God is infinite. He is omnipotent. He has power to do anything that he wills, but he is good and he always wills our good. And so we want ourselves and our children to understand this. Yes. Oh, God is good. And I am so thankful that he is unchangeable. Um, Otherwise, we would have no security um, at all as Christians. So, Elizabeth, thank you so much. Um, We are out of time, but we're going to come back tomorrow, talk more about this stuff. You guys, this is so good. I love, love, love talking about Jesus. I love talking about God and who he is and and why we should love him and obey him and and point our kids to him. So um, you guys can find out everything you need to know about Elizabeth at foundationworldview.com. We'll put links to all of her stuff in the show notes, including her new curriculum, uh, the Attributes of God curriculum. It's fantastic, you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Make sure you stay to the end to hear a clip of what's coming tomorrow on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. And if you have not yet watched the movie Schoolhouse Rocked, watch it. You guys, come on. It's It's been out for a while now and it's free. Schoolhouserockedmovie.com. We love you. Have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com slash rocked. When we're all functioning within the body, according to the gifts that the Spirit has given us, 
the body works properly. You know, so these are different than the attributes of God, you know, that if somebody has the gift of teaching or someone has the gift, gift of hospitality or, you know, someone has the gift of helps, of service, you know, these are things that God has called us to serve our family with yeah. and to serve the local church with. Even when we're thinking through attributes that God invites us to reflect, we're still putting our focus on God, that this is who God is. And that's where, that's the primary thing. We want our eyes to be focused on who God is. You know, in Hebrews, we're told, you know, to set our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. 